Welcome to How to Grow Using AI, Machine Learning, and Intelligent Automation, a podcast by eClerks. We explore how AI and machine learning are being used to scale businesses from end to end. But that's not all. In each episode, our industry experts dive deep into topics like AI-enabled sales optimization, predictive analytics, AI-powered marketing, and machine learning for product personalization. I promise to give you the goods, the insights, and the strategies that you need to grow your business. I'm your host, Nicholas Cole. I am excited today because I have with me Philip Hammershow. He is the Chief Revenue Officer at Trudy, an influencer selection tool. And I'm just fascinated about the things that they're doing. They have the ability to take AI to match the perfect influencer for your organization. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about AI. We're going to talk about where the world of technology is going. But before we get into that, Philip. Let us know a little bit more about yourself and Truth. Yeah, thank you, Nicholas. Great to be here. Said Philip Hammerschogs, um, the CRO at Trudy AI. And as you mentioned, you know, really Trudy, what it is, it's an influence marketing tool that helps you predict if an influence is going to deliver ROI for you or not. So actually, ahead of time, you're creating a predictability of selecting influencers, which so far is unique in the market. And brand new, we launched mid. Last year, already had tremendous success. We have over seven paying clients, Nike included as part of that. So it's been super exciting to see the reception of the tool and very happy to be there. Awesome. This sounds amazing. And so, of course, influencer marketing is one of the things that many brands want because one of the things that comes along with influencer marketing is that the trustability. Organizations want their trust and that comes along with influence of marketing. But on the other hand, when you have artificial intelligence working hand to hand with it, that could potentially present a powerful combination. And so in that same vein, there was a recent report that came out uh, with the Wall Street Journal. And they were saying that companies are very excited about artificial intelligence and generative AI, but they haven't exactly gotten the return on investment on it yet. And so this year, they're looking to get the return on investment. And so in the framework of AI and influencer marketing, could you let us know in terms of the return on investment, what can organizations expect uh, in terms of return on investment? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are a couple of different things that different brands are looking for. And this is one of the things you need to find out what we need to find out when we're discussing with brands, because some people, they have low ROI, for example, just in terms of performance from the influencer. And they want to increase that performance and increase the ROI in terms of how much they get back from every cent spent on influencers. Other brands, they care more about you know, growth. They want to reach more people. They want to have brand awareness. Um, they might want to have saved time using AI. So I guess there are different types of ROI that company is looking for. So our first job is to identify what type of result is it that the company wants and if can our software actually help deliver the ROI. I think when it comes to but most influencer marketing tools today is they focus a lot on the workflow. They focus on like automating manual processes and, you know, making it faster of just selecting influencers, making, automating, creating briefs and communication and tracking and so forth. I think there's, there's a very specific reason we haven't focused on workflow because we don't do workflow. We are, we're matching people with the right influencers. And that is because 
no matter how good your workflow is, right? Even if you're an AI that automates it completely, which doesn't really exist so far, if the input isn't good or is, the input isn't right, then, you know, the output is going to be bad, regardless of how good the workflow is in between. So that's why, you know, we focused on how can we use AI to make sure that the input selecting the right influencer is good. Because then even if you do things manually in between, or if you're using AI, then the output is also going to be good. So that's kind of where we focused. Awesome. That's amazing. And so in terms of AI and influencer marketing, is there, are there any best practices when it comes to combining both of those? I guess in terms of best practices, it's still very new using AI in influencer marketing. I would say mostly it's on the software side. So I guess it's more on the software side if there's best practices in how we deliver the software. Is it creating recommendations based on traditional top line metrics or recommendations based on more deeper kind of human metrics? I think it's too early to say that there's like a market specific best practice. I think they are being developed as we speak. For example, our product now, we are looking at how our customers are using it. We're gathering feedback from that, creating best practice processes. But so far, I haven't spoken to any company that does exactly the same as another company when it comes to using AI. There are obviously best practices in influence marketing in like how you select people, how do you identify the right influences in terms of like finding the right demographics, engagement and so forth. But when it comes to AI specifically, I think we're exploring now what it's going to become the best practice. Okay. And so that is a great segue into the next question. So I was kind of curious about what are some of the challenges that you face when it comes to AI, generative AI, and influencer marketing? I guess obviously some of the challenges is getting the right data because, you know, the AI is only as good as the data, right? You can have the most amazing algorithm in the world. But if the data is not good, then the output is not going to be good. So making sure that you get the right data. And that data, you know, can either be publicly available data. There's so much out there, but then you need to make sure that it's high quality data or it can be client-specific data. But then again, clients measure things in different ways. How do you make sure that that data is coherent and actually is, can be processed by the AI model in the right way? So making sure that you find a way to collect data that can be used across all the companies and that you have high quality data like that. I think that's part of the challenges in finding good data because the AI will never be good unless the data is good. Other challenges, this depends on what type of AI you know, use, but in terms of these kind of large language models, there's a lot of hallucinations, right? So making sure that you actually, the output that you get is correct. Um, type of AI we work with is not purely an LLM or like a generative AI. We have a combination of statistical model, kind of the Bayesian AI model and large language models. So for us, it's a combination of the two rather than just one of them. Awesome. So just for example, just say, okay, I'm an organization, I'm a company, I'm interested in this. We're hearing about this, this AI, we're hearing about generative AI, we know about influencer marketing. I'm interested. Can you talk to me a little bit about some of the benefits that organizations can expect? Well, like it's Again, I know you mentioned Nike earlier. I know you have many other clients that you're working with. So just give us a little idea about some of the benefits. This is why it's so cool because the benefits are huge. If I take a step back, you know, if you look at influence marketing today, eight out of 10 collaborations fail still, just as a wide data set. 
then those two out of 10 that su are successful, they usually are so successful that they can make up for all of the failures. It's a little bit like VC investing almost. But this unpredictability is, I think, the biggest blocker for people using influence marketing and why still so many companies have a very small portion of their marketing budgets allocated. It's unpredictable. Right? And, and companies hate things that are not predictable and can be forecasted properly. And so what AI can, some of the benefits it can give you, and specifically it's why we try to give it truly, is predictability. If you have an AI that can predict if an influence can perform or not, you're actually going to see consistent results. Instead of having, you know, eight out of 10 collaborations fail, you have eight out of 10 who are successful. Suddenly you can, just as any other department, forecast properly, you will be able to get bigger budgets. You can become even more creative in the campaigns you're making because you know consistently what you can expect from that. So just taking something unpredictable, making it predictable is one benefit from AI. And this is also increasing the ROI because you're picking consistently better influencers. The other part is, I think mentioned before, like saving time. That's a big, big part of it. Like working with influencer is quite time consuming because you're working with humans. You're meeting with someone, you have to you know, negotiate with them, work with them on the briefs and the content and all of that and things can go wrong. And it, it's a very, very long and manual process. So having AI automate part of that process means that you can save a lot of hours every week in removing certain processes. And that time can then be spent on you know, more strategic work or other things that will help you more creative work. And um, so that's another part of it. And then helping you also reduce, I guess, budget waste. So making sure that you, if you're not investing in poor performing influencers, you can invest that part of your budget in other influencers. And lastly, I guess this comes to understanding an influencers on a more psychological level. Since AI have the ability, or at least this is what we are truly, to analyze an influencer on a psychological level right, and get their values, their personality, their tone of voice, all of that, you can actually use those insights in the way you work with that influencer. So in your communication with them, you can adapt your language to fit their personality. When you are suggesting content or briefs, you can, again, adapt it to their tone of voice, their personality, and this will increase your response rates with them. They will be more willing to put in the work. And like all of that is kind of like ripple effects of having more information about the influencer. Wow. That is truly amazing. <laughs> and so I was wondering, can you kind of give us an idea of the onboarding process? What are the starting point? How does a company like get into this? This is a very interesting space. I mean, if I do say so myself, it's very interesting. And so like, they just kind of do the onboarding process. What goes into that? Both in general and also with Truly. Yep. When it comes to adopting AI in general, I think the first thing to do is know what you want to accomplish, right? Because if you just start adopting a lot of tools because they say they have AI, they might not do it all. What you like the end result might not be what you're looking for. So I think the first thing is decide and find out like what is it we want to accomplish? Is it finding a tool that helps us increase brand awareness? Is it just saving time? Is it increased predictability? Is it all of those? Just so you're a very clear view internally of what it is you want to accomplish. And once you have that in a clear view, then you can start looking at tools, right? And you can start researching the market. I mean, Today's buyer is so much more informed that they, when they were 10 years ago, people actually read up on you know, reports now, the market research, all that. And so then when you know what your goals are, looking at what tools are available out there in the market, and then obviously compare if there are other tools that do the same thing, comparing them to each other and 
before making the decision. So I think that's the most important part in general to know firstly what you want to get from AI. And in terms of onboarding them with these tools, that can vary very differently. Some tools you can onboard like in a matter of days. Other it can be if it's really, really big tools that are going to go into integrate into all your system that may take months. It depends kind of what tools you have. When it comes to Trudy specifically, since we are have created a tool to basically predict if an influence is going to perform for your brand specifically, we obviously can't just use our general model alone because we've created an AI model which is based on 10 years worth of influencer campaign data. But Nike is going to want to have very different influencers than H&M. Even within Nike, they're going to want to have different influencers with different types of verticals. And so what we do when we onboard a brand is that we collect data from them. So we collect past performance data. We collect information about their values, tone of voice, as much data as we can get from the brand. And then we fine-tune the AI model that we have. So we have the kind of foundational model. Then we fine-tune it specifically for each brand so that the AI has been trained on what do this brand specifically need in terms of what is a good influencers, you know, mid-influencer, poor performing influencers. And we run thousands and thousands of tests until we have a, a confidence level in the model of about 90%. And from there, the brand can basically immediately start using our software. They can immediately start selecting influencers and they have a clear from zero to 100 score of if an influencer is going to perform for them or not. And this is custom for each brand. So for us to onboard, it takes two to three days because it takes about two to three days for us to train the model. But beyond that, very easy, like to actually start using the tool. We usually, it's like a one hour onboarding session. It's very user-friendly. But yeah, the big part is training the model. And again, it can't come down to, as I said before, like the AI model is only as good as the data. So that's why we need to make sure that it's been trained on brand-specific data. Awesome. So obviously you have trust with uh, brands, mentioned Nike, and the different clients that you do have. And so you also mentioned collecting of data. And so, of course, with AI, generative AI, and all the things that's going on with technology, one of the things that organizations are a little slow about or have questions about is data. You know, what happens to my data? You know, if I get in, you know, so could you talk to us a little bit about the trust that goes into that and security and like kind of what happens with the data? Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And I mean, it is super, super important. I've been working in software and with AI for the past five years, and it's always been the same, right? Security, data, who owns the data, where does it go, as you said. And since we knew that, we built the product knowing that from the beginning to be extremely secure when it comes to data. First of all, in our relationship with the client, we don't own the data. They always still maintain ownership of the data, full control, and actually the data we receive from them I can't go into details exactly what data we use because that's part of how we train our model. But what I can say is we can actually anonymize it in a way that we don't have to collect personal information in a way that can make it difficult with GDPR issues and so forth. And then we, we built on a very robust systems architecture. So I think all of the different clients we work with, we've gone through IT security due diligence with them, right? Where they basically go through everything and everything, and they've been comfortable with that. Sometimes, you know, you just need to also give them comfort in signing NDAs. They want to make sure that you don't go spread around what data you collect from them, which is completely fine. So it's a case-by-case basis what the client needs. From our side, it's always like we don't want to retain ownership of the data that sits with the client. We, however, train the model for them so that it works better for them. 
But if we're going to live and remove all of their data that they've given us, we will remove that and remove that model. And so I think hopefully that makes a big difference. If you compare it to some of these large, like ChatGPT and similar things, they, they issues for them. They're collecting data left and right, and it's not always clear on if it's been done correctly. And they retain that data, even though you might not want it. So for us, we wanted to be a very, take a very, very transparent approach because I think that way also brands are more open to working with you as well when they know that you are giving them the power in terms of having the ownership of that does that. <laughs> amazing, amazing that story. And so in terms of AI, generative AI, influencer marketing, and where things are going, can you talk to me about what are some trends or different aspects of AI that you're most excited about when it comes to, well, you know, where things are headed? Yeah. I think right now we are very much on like a language-based like analysis, right? This using large language model to analysis language. I mean, that's what Trudy is doing, right? We are analyzing every single word an influencer is saying, how they're saying it, tone of voice, all of that, and using that to create like a psychometric profile. And that is what we call like human metrics. Most people, they only look at the traditional top line metrics like likes, followers, so forth. But, you know, to understand a... What influence is, you need to go beyond that. You need to look at these human metrics. And we're analyzing over 160 psychometrics, and that's language-based, right? And this is what people in AI do today. They analyze language sentiment. What I see as something I'm very excited about and which where I see where people are going, this is where we are going. This is something we already like started slowly implementing is like visual analytics as well. Not only analyzing what they're saying, their movements, like are they making eye contact? Are they turning their heads different ways? Um, how are they moving their hands? Because AI can do that too, right? More and more. It's been difficult, but it's getting there more and more. And so bringing that into makes a completely big difference because we have studies showing that people showing their left cheek in like pictures are getting more trust than someone showing their right cheek. Stuff like that. I mean, I don't know why, but we know that that's the case. And so using AI to analyze the influence or how they're portraying themselves, if they become like, aggressive in how they, you know, if I'm waving like this, like stuff like that, I think that is going to take it to a whole nother level. Language is already taking us super, super far, but also then including the visual analysis of how people are moving, which we started slowly implementing, but it's going to be much more. That is a big part. And then completely made up influencers. Now you're seeing AI generated influences like completely from zero to hundred, like the person who's talking, everything is AI generated. And I read a couple of days ago, there's this guy who runs a marketing agency and he's created an AI influencer himself that you know, posts stuff on Instagram. And that AI model, which is a she, is now generating $11,000 per month for him. And it's just completely made up, right? So I think you're also going to see more and more, you know, these AI generated influencers. I think the benefit with those, right, for a company perspective, is it's predictable. Sometimes now a collaboration can go south because the influencer does something completely different from what you want. But I mean, if you have created the influencer, if you control the influencer, what they're saying, everything, for a brand, again, that becomes predictable. How well perceived this is going to be, maybe people don't think it's authentic. That's a different thing. But if people can't tell the difference then maybe that won't make a difference. But then again, then maybe regulation will come and say that you have to disclose if this is an AI or not. That yet. So I think there's a lot of things happening, which is very exciting. And Yeah, 
like you just said, there is a lot of things that's going on. There are a lot of movers and shakers that are <laughs> putting their hands into AI, generative AI. And so you guys are opening up a brand new space, an interesting space, AI and influencer marketing. And so when you think about that as a whole, I'm just a little bit curious. If you had your choice, if you could pick one person in the field of AI to go to lunch with, <laughs> who would that person be and why I want to go to lunch with them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may be this is like the, a very basic answer, right? But I definitely would be Sam Altman, the, the CEO of OpenAI. And I think the reason I specifically mentioned him is not because it's just like, oh, OpenAI is like a hype company. It's because from the last couple of interviews he's made, he's kind of hinted at that they've come much further, that they haven't released everything that they actually have. And that they are sitting on something much, much more powerful. Like he had an interview with Bill Gates very recently where he kind of was hinting at like they have come much further than what they put out there. And it feels like they're kind of holding back. And like, why are they holding back? Is it because they think it's too dangerous or because they just want to kind of do it bit by bit? And so I think he sits on so much information of what's come that I'd be super interested in hearing what he's done. But then also, you know, generally, if you look at his track record, he used to be the CEO of Y Combinator helping build some of the most successful tech startups in the world for a lot of years before moving to OpenAI. And so I think the combination of him having experience in the startup world and then now sitting on all this information about AI that the world doesn't know would make it a very interesting launch if we assume that he would share this information. He might not say anything. <laughs> so I just want to let you know that I would also like to be on that lunch. So if you do get that lunch, be sure to extend me an invitation. So <laughs> I would like to join you on that. And so it has truly been amazing. I enjoyed myself on today. You provided us with some great insights where technology is going. You guys are doing some wonderful things over there at Trudy. And so it has been a delight to have you. And so to our listeners, be sure to tune in to our next episode. Thank you, Nicholas. It's been great to be here. How to Grow Using AI, Machine Learning, and Intelligent Automation is brought to you by eClubs. For more information about services and how we can help your business leverage the power of AI and machine learning, visit our website at www.eclerks.com. That's www.eclerks.com. Don't forget to search for How to Grow Using AI, Machine Learning, and Intelligent Automation on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. On behalf of everyone here at eClubs, thanks for listening.